Son, and we are uh, going through this series on journeys of faith, and uh, today we're going to continue that, that journey, and as we look at this particular portion in Joshua chapter number one, uh, these, are, these are individuals, men and women of faith, and we're watching uh, what God did in their life and how they trusted the Lord through situations. And uh, we continue that journey today, and the journey today will take us the journey to the promised land. And of course, we, we see here in the conclusion of the book of Deuteronomy, the beginning of the book of Joshua. Uh, and of course, Joshua is our character study this morning. And notice these first nine verses in Joshua chapter number one. The Bible says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that how I have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it, from the law, to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to, here it is again, all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And the Bible says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. How many of you are glad that God is ever present with us, right? And when you look at these verses uh, here in this particular portion we're looking at this morning, this is the only place in the Bible, although there are people today that actually preach or teach what they call a prosperity gospel. And here in the Bible, in Joshua chapter number one, is the only place you actually find the word prosper. And it's interesting that it's in the context of God's word. In other words, if we do what God says, if we do as God's word instructs, then our lives will be blessed. And this is the instruction that God gave to Joshua. Now, this comes on the heels of the great man Moses that had led the people of God to this point. But now Moses is dead. God turns his attention. It's, it, and I love this about God. It's not like God says, what am I going to do now? God already knew that the day would come when Moses would be, would be gone, that Moses would be with him. 
And so God had someone waiting in the wings. Uh, some of you were here years ago when uh, Mark Brown was pastoring this church, and God providentially chose to take Pastor Brown home to be with him. And for many in this church, it was a devastating time. It, it caught the church unawares that God would call him home, especially in the good health that he was in. But little did any of us know, myself including, that God had already figured it out. God already knew what was going to happen. And can I tell you that there's going to come a day where I'm not going to be here. And God already knows what's going to take place when that time comes. See, I'm convinced that when you study the Word of God, you realize that God already knows the end from the beginning. And in Joshua's life, and listen, it, it went way beyond Joshua. We might study him today in this, in this Sunday school hour, but it, this lesson was about God and his people. And God was going to use this man to lead his people the same way God used Moses to lead his people. You see, when, when you think, it reminds me of so many things uh, that have happened over the years in, in Christianity from the time of Joshua. Back in the 19th century, uh, years ago in England, there was a man by the name, a lot of you have probably heard of, William Carey. William Carey was a, was a great man of God. He was consumed with one thought, and that was this, to get the gospel, the good news, around the world, to get it to every person. This was something that drove Carey. He believed that, and, and I think that when we study the scriptures, we ought to feel the same way. He believed it was every uh, Christian's duty to be a witness for the Lord. That means that every one of us, wherever we go, whoever we're with, we should, we should understand that God has commanded us to tell everyone we come into contact with that, that God loves them, that Jesus died for them, that they can have a home in heaven someday. And this is what drove Carrie. Now, as a result of his passion, this man was ridiculed, he was mocked, he was rejected, he suffered, and this man sacrificed many things. But I love what he said, and I, I think I put the quote there, is these words. He said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. That's, that ought to be our, our desire is, is listen, I, what I do, I'm doing for the Lord. We have people that sing in our choir. Listen, you're not singing in the choir for yourself. You're singing in the choir for the Lord. We have people that are ushers in our church. They're not ushering so that uh, they can watch what people put in the offering plates. They're ushering for the Lord. We have people that work in the nursery, and they're, believe it or not, they're in that nursery for the Lord. I mean, that's the only reason you'd serve in that nursery. I mean, who wants to go in there and change diapers and have kids bite you and all kinds of things like that? Listen, everything we do, we do it for the Lord. That changes everything. Uh, we won't get our feelings hurt. We won't be discouraged when we understand what we're doing. We're doing it for the Lord. And so Carrie, as an example, uh, in this more modern day, Carrie was a man that even in spite of the ridicule, he stayed focused on the Lord, and he eventually made it to the country of India. While he was in India, he served there, he served God faithfully for seven years before he saw the first person put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Can you imagine that? 
for seven years faithfully serving God, going to a foreign land, sharing the good news everywhere you go, and for seven years, not one person, but eventually one person did trust the Lord as their Savior, and of course, after that one, many others did. <clears throat> but this was a man that, through disease and death and even discouragement, he stayed focused on the Lord. God used Kerry to awaken England spiritually to the very same thing that was on the heart of, of Kerry, and that was to get the gospel around the world, to evangelize the world. But see, Kerry, before he went to India, he was at a crossroad, a fork in the road. It was, it was a decision that Kerry had to make, and that was this. Was he going to live for the world, or was he going to live for God? Was he going to do what God called him to do, which was to be a missionary or to be a witness for the Lord, or was he going to just keep his mouth closed and tell nobody about the Lord? And I think about Kerry's decision and all that he did for the Lord, and I think about us today. Some of you right now might be at a crossroad in your life. Uh, we'll have people that will come to our church today, and I talked to some yesterday while we were out going through the community that are at a crossroad in their life. And what they're trying to decide is, do I want to serve God? Do I want to give God time in my life? Do I want to make God a priority? Or do I want to continue to live for myself? If you're like me, I can think back to those days. When I lived my life for me, uh, when I decided everything I did was, was all about what I could do, what I could get out of life, and a lot of people face those crossroads in their life, and it's when those crossroads come that these are times of decision. And when we're at those points of decision, we have to decide and take some action. And notice the action at this point in, in the life of Elijah there in your notes, how, again, Elijah was challenging the people there on Mount Carmel, and he said these words, how long? Now, when you say it that way, that means they had been not serving God. So notice he says here, how long halt, that's what they had, they had been halted in their following God. He says, how long halt ye between two opinions? And here's the two opinions that Elijah had observed. He says, if the Lord be God, follow him. But notice, if Baal, then follow him. Now the last part of that verse, notice what it says, the people answered him what? Not a word. So it sounds to me like, well, you, you, know, you didn't see people jumping up and down saying, hey, you know what, we're going to serve God. The reality is, is they had been following Baal. They had been allowing not God, but other influences to lead them in their lives. And listen, folks, it's easy sometimes for us to get that way and not follow the Lord. And when you think about these moments of decision, that's when we have to take action. Some of you got it this morning. Listen, would you be honest this morning? Anybody struggled this morning on Sunday morning coming to church? Amen. <laughs> you know, to me, I think if you're, if you're a Christian, I think the hardest day of the week for many is Sunday. Because physically, emotionally, you know, we're drained. We're thinking it's one of the two days, or maybe for some people, the only day I get off. And some of us, humanly, fleshly speaking, are thinking to ourselves, I love my bed. 
I just, I just want to spend more time with my bed today, you know? And it, it, listen, we, we struggle in the flesh, and it's at these points that we have to make a decision. In Joshua chapter number one this morning, we find the children of Israel and Joshua are at one of these crossroads. Uh, they, they've got to make a decision. It's time for action. Why? Because Moses, the man of God, he was dead. And, and God, listen, God had all these promises. God had all these blessings for them. But here's the key is they were unclaimed. Unclaimed. I, I mentioned probably a couple months back, uh, I forget what it is now, but, but the illustration was uh, a lot of people nowadays, instead of giving gifts, they give gift cards to people. And they were talking about how many millions of dollars a year go unclaimed. People get, I guarantee you, if you go home or look in your wallet, you probably have gift cards right now that you've had for months, if not years, that you have not claimed whatever those cards are worth. Some of you are right now going, oh yeah, I do. Hey, I need to go spend that, you know? <laughs> and and the, the, the children of Israel had all these things that God had promised to them, but they had not claimed them yet. And so God had a plan. And what was his plan? God chose Moses to help them to claim what God had for them. Are you with me this morning? So God was going to use this man to help them. Look, look in your notes there, Deuteronomy 34, 9. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. And Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Now that was, that was an indication that when Moses laid his hands upon him, he was basically saying, this is God's man. This is the man you need to follow him. He's got God's approval on his life. And so I want you to see a couple of things that, that, by the way, we should learn from Joshua's life. Look at, look as we see, first of all, at Joshua's resume, if we could call it that. You know, uh, if you've ever applied for a job, you fill out a resume. And uh, I, I know over the years, I haven't done a lot of them, but when I, when I do, a lot of times you're sitting there thinking, now what do I want to put on this? Now hopefully as a Christian, you put what's truthful. But I know this, I, I found out over the years that whatever you do put on there, one thing on that resume is your references. And many times what they will do is, if you're trying to get a job, they're going to call your references and find out exactly what kind of character you really have. Or, for some of us, what kind of character you really are. <laughs> and so notice a few things about Joshua's character or his resume, because when you look at Joshua's life, you find a man that was confident in God. He was confident in the promises of God. Look at Psalm 75 there in your notes. The Bible says that Joshua is confident. Why? Because promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge who putteth down, down one and setteth up another. See, God, God, Joshua understood that God was the one that sets up, and God is the one that removes, that God's the one that gives us favor. God's the one that puts us in positions. Look, I, I, I know with all my heart, I'm here today because God put me here. Uh, this was God's will for my life, and I know that you're here today for the very same reason, is because God put you here. And so notice a few things about Joshua. First of all, Joshua was proven. 
proven. This is something that in our lives, just like Joshua, Joshua did what Moses commanded him. And you know what this means is, unlike so many today, Joshua did not have a problem with authority in his life. When Joshua was told by those God had placed over him, he obeyed. He did what was asked of him. The Bible says in Exodus 17, and here's a great example of Joshua doing this. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim, and Moses said unto Joshua, notice the leader, the authority in his life, here's what Moses says to him, choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So here we find that, that Moses tells Joshua, listen, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I want you to do. Well, what did Joshua do? Joshua didn't stand there and argue with him. Joshua did what he was commanded to do. He proved himself to be someone who could obey the authority and he could be used of God. That happens many times even, in, even when you think of the ministry sometimes, uh, I know that in churches I've been in that there have been times where I have uh, sat a, and, and been involved as a member of that church, and, and by, by being there, by being faithful to the services, uh, a lot of times my pastor would, would kind of watch my life, and again, just seeing if there's faithfulness there, there's a heart, there's a desire. In other words, what are you saying? Proving yourself to be someone that God could use. You know what God blesses? Faithfulness. And you know what we need to do? We just need to be faithful. We need to be in our place. We need to be serving God. Joshua was a man that was proven, but notice secondly, he was a servant according to the word of God. Now, being a servant is not a negative thing. It's not a, a something that you look down on. The truth is it actually signifies honor and greatness. Uh, see, God's way is different than this world. When we look at this matter of honor, look at Exodus 24, verse 13. Moses rose up, and notice these words, his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the Mount of God. So here in this particular passage, we find that Joshua was a servant to Moses. Uh, he, he helped to meet the needs of the man of God. Joshua learned not only to serve Moses, the man of God, but Joshua learned to serve others. When you see this in the Word of God, Joshua was a man that spent his life trying to help other people. Uh, it, 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 we'll look here in just a minute. Even in the end of his life, he was trying to encourage people to serve God. And Joshua learned how to serve. Somebody said the measure of a man's greatness is not how many people may, uh, serve him, but how many he serves. Let me say that again. It's not how many people serve him, but how many people he serves. Now, we, the greatest example in the Bible is Jesus, right? The Bible says he came not to be ministered to, but he came to minister. Uh, remember the great passage where Jesus is sitting with his disciples? He pushes away from the table. He takes a, a, a basin of water and a towel, and he girds himself with a towel, and he begins to do what? wash the feet of his disciples. What is he teaching there? He's teaching humility. He's teaching that, that listen, 
the one that would serve would be greater than the one that, that is being served. And in our life, we can learn a lot, not only from Joshua, but especially Jesus. And the Bible says in Mark 10, so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. So here's Joshua, a great man of God. You know why? Because he was a man that was proven. He was a man that loved to serve not only those in authority above him, but he loved to serve others. Notice another thing about him is Joshua was patient. Now you think about this, Exodus 24, 18. We talked about this, I think, last week or week before. Moses went into the midst of the cloud and he got... Uh, got him up into the mount, and Moses was in the mount for how long? 40 days and 40 nights. Now, just think about that, 40 days. That's like, what is that, two days short of six weeks. So while Moses is up there spending time with God, what is Joshua doing? Joshua is patiently waiting for Moses to come down. Now, patience is something that I know it's, it's not something that, that uh, is an easy thing when it, when it comes to, because we're very impatient people. Uh, I'm one of the, I, I've been here five years now. I still struggle with the length of time of these stoplights. Stop what in the world? You know, it's like an eternity, you know? And then, and then people around here, they get so aggravated because when the light turns, the person in front of them doesn't move. Why? Because... The light's so long, they're catching up on all their text messages, and they're, they're checking this and doing that. Why? Because you sit there for so long, you know? But we, we, by nature, we're, we're not a patient people. But I think about Joshua. He didn't get frustrated that Moses was gone for, for almost six weeks. He stayed up there waiting patiently, trying to meet the needs of Moses. I mean, we can learn a lot from this. Look, sometimes, here's what's going to happen is, you're going to wait on, maybe it's someone in your life. How about this one? Waiting on the Lord. Are you going to get frustrated? I remember, God does everything in His time. I just read again the other day in my devotions. Remember the story about Mary and Martha? What was their brother's name? Lazarus. What happened to Lazarus? He died. And you remember how... They, they tried to get word to Jesus. Why? Because they believed Jesus could do something for their brother. What did Jesus do when he found out Lazarus was sick unto death? He waited, didn't he? Now, you know, as I read again the other day, he pointed out that, that he's not dead, he's just sleeping. And some of them actually thought that he meant physical sleep, like some of you right now want to do, you know. But, but he was referring to death. And so he waits, and then he travels back. And remember when he goes to the grave, how long had it been Lazarus been dead? Four days. Now, they claim part of it is, is that some of this is not necessarily Bible. It's more Jewish history or tradition. But the Jews, there was a, a mystery or a mystique about that uh, the, the spirit would stay with the body for about three days, and that's why Jesus waited four days to dispel all of that. But Jesus calls, but before Jesus calls Lazarus from the, from the grave, remember what Martha said to him? She says, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then Mary went, 
And she said the same thing. You know, sometimes we, we want God to do things on our terms, during our timetable. And things don't happen that way, do they? God's teaching us patience. He's teaching us to trust him, to like Joshua, don't quit on him. Look at Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Twice in one verse. Wait on the Lord. Just be patient. We don't always understand what God is doing, do we? I mean, we'd like to, but we don't, we, sometimes we don't understand where God is taking us. But one thing is for sure, is just like Joshua, we can trust him because we know God's way is always best. And so J Joshua was a man that learned how to serve. He was a man that was proven. He was a man that was patient. Notice letter D here, Joshua was a man that had a vision, had a vision. Now, I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, turn back over to, in your Bible to the book of Numbers this morning, Numbers chapter number 14. I want you to see a couple of verses here, Numbers chapter 14, about Joshua's vision. <laughs> Numbers 14, look at verse number 6. The Bible says, Numbers 14, 6, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And when you look at this passage here, we, we know the background behind this, how that Joshua and Caleb, how many spies were there that went in and looked out the land? Twelve, right? How many were bad? Ten, right? Some, sometimes we children's songs, 10 were bad, and how many were good? Two, Joshua and Caleb. And so here's these two individuals that, that had a vision. They, they never lost sight. Now, what was their vision based on? The same thing your vision and my vision should be based on is the Word of God. Joshua was basing his decision. He was basing uh, his, his whole life on the very promises, the very words of God. Hey, listen, if there's something that you ought to base your life on, it's the Bible. Folks, we've got to be men and women who are guided by the principles of the Word of God. See, the world today wants us to live according to the standards of this world, but understand what you and I need to do is we need to be guided by the Word of God. Joshua had a vision because his vision was based on the Word of God. He never lost sight of that. Look back in, in Joshua chapter number 1. Look at what it says in verse number 6 this morning. It says these words, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide an inheritance, uh, the, the land which I swear, God says, I promise unto their fathers to give them. Now, look, we have to understand this. God, anything God has ever promised, 
it is always going to come to pass. Some things have already taken place. Some things are yet future, but God will fulfill all of his promises. And so when Joshua looks at this, Joshua understood that I've got to keep, I've got to keep my eyes, I've got to base my, my leadership on the word of God. What does the Bible say in Proverbs 29, 18? Where there is no vision, what happens? The people perish. Now, the word vision there in Proverbs 29 is a, a direct reference to the Word of God. In other words, where you have the Word of God, there's going to be direction. There's going to be the way God would have us to go. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. But if you take away the Word of God where there's no vision, the people are going to perish. See how important God's Word is for your life? I mean, you came to church today. I, I'm so encouraged many times when people come to our church and they'll say these words to me, I'm so glad that your church still teaches and preaches the Bible. Now, isn't that sad? Shouldn't every church teach and preach the Bible? But undoubtedly, from what I hear, I guess a lot of churches do not. And so as we think about this, Joshua was that had vision. Well, again, where did he get that vision? From the Word of God. He knew, according to what God told him, that God was going to give them the land. He had promised it to them, and God was going to be good on his promise. So, boy, when we look at Joshua's resume, it's amazing. Listen, there's no doubt why God used Joshua is because of all the things that Joshua was, and it was how God was working in his life while Moses was leading the people. Folks, listen to me this morning. God wants to use you. And what you need to say is, I want to be proven. I, I want to be a person that is serving the Lord. I, I want to be patient. I want to wait on God and God's timing in my life, but I got to have vision, and my vision needs to be based on the Word of God. But notice not only his resume, but, but look at this. Look at secondly at Joshua's responsibility, because along with leading comes responsibility. Well, two things that God gave to Joshua as a leader that were his responsibility. The first one is to provide leadership. Now, leadership is influence. See, if God gives you the opportunity, all of us, whether you believe this or think about this in your life, you're going to influence others, no matter, no matter if you, you think about it, no matter if, you, uh, if you're in a position to lead, you will lead people in your life. You're going to influence them one way or the other, for good or for bad. Look what it says here in your notes in the last part of Joshua's life, and I love this. This is actually uh, my life's verse for our family, Joshua 24, 15. The Bible says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, here's that crossroad. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods, notice the little letter G, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye now dwell, he says, but for, as for me and my house, what are we going to do? We're going to serve the Lord. Now, I think it's a testimony. You wouldn't be here today if God wasn't a priority in your life. But listen, that means that when it's good time or bad, that means if you're on the top of the mountain or you're down in the valley, it means if you're going through something or not going through something. Joshua said, look, it, it doesn't matter. And by the way, I can't live your life. I can't 
come to your home and tell you how to run your home, how to raise your kids. That's not my business. That's God's business. But one thing is true is, is that I know God has given me a responsibility, and that is to lead my family. And so I've decided with my wife that it doesn't matter what other people do. And by the way, it does matter. But but in regards to responsibility, the only responsibility that I have, when I stand before the Lord one day, and by the way, when you stand before the Lord one day, and you will, you're going to give an answer of how you led your home, how you directed your family. So understand this, that we will give an answer to the Lord, but again, when you look at Joshua's responsibility, we've got to determine just like him that I'm going to lead my family. I'm going to lead those that God gives me an opportunity to. I'm going to lead them in God's direction. I think that that's what every one of us ought to determine to do. Well, what did Joshua do? How did Joshua lead? Well, he first followed God's lead. God, what would you have me do? Where would you have me to take these people? And so he, he was given a responsibility to provide leadership, but secondly, he was given a responsibility to claim the promise. This is something that Moses didn't get the opportunity to, but God gave this to Joshua. And folks, listen, there are promises. When you study the Bible, here's what you find is there are some promises that God gave to the nation of Israel, to the Jewish people, and they pertain only to Jewish people. But there are other promises that pertain to all of us, whether we be Jew or Gentile. It, it's promises that God gives concerning Christians. And what you need to decide is, okay, am I going to claim those promises or not? And God gave the responsibility of Joshua in his day to claim those promises. Somebody said that the promised land is, was approximately 300,000 square miles. Do I have a picture of that? No? Did I give you a map? Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, 300,000 square miles, but listen to this. The children of Israel claimed less than 10% of the land that God promised to them. And I don't know if it would be completely accurate, but I, I would dare say that God's children today probably claim about 10% of what God has really for them. Because we just don't understand the importance of what God wants. Why? Because oftentimes it boils down to one thing, a lack of faith. We struggle with having faith in God. What's holding back you going forward in your journey of faith? And listen, we've got to act on the promises of God. Joshua claimed the promise. He claimed the victory because he had faith in God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 8, chapter verse 36, he says here, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than what? Conquerors through him that loved us. So Joshua was, listen, he was given some responsibilities. Why? Because he had the resume. Now again, if you are being faithful to God, then God's going to give you some responsibilities. And you need to make sure that whatever he gives to you, that you are handling those responsibilities. Have faith in God. And then notice, as Joshua is given those responsibilities, thirdly, what was some of Joshua's resources? Well, the, those resources are still available to us today. God provided what Joshua would need 
to be able to claim those promises. Well, look at the two things that God provided. First one is God's presence. You think about this. Without God, we can do what? Nothing. We need God's presence in our lives. It is evident without him we can't do anything. Uh, Hebrews 13, he will never leave us nor forsake us. The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Old Testament prophet Zechariah said, he he spake unto the people, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, Joshua told, uh, God told Joshua, look, I want you to go, but watch this. As you go, Joshua, I'm going to go with you. And you know what Jesus said before he ascended up on high? He says, go ye therefore. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Look, he's, he started the church that we're a part of today. And what does he tell us? He says, I want you to go but as we go, he goes with us. Look, God's not going to abandon us, folks. Do you believe that? God's going to be with us every day of our lives. And aren't you glad that as God gives us responsibilities, that one of the resources that we have been given is God himself? He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But not only God's presence, look at the other resource, and that's what you're holding in your hand, is God's preserved word. God's given us his word. Look back in Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8. I love this verse. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein how often? Day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Jesus said himself when he was on this earth, he said uh, that till heaven and earth pass, he says, not one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law until all of it be fulfilled. God told Joshua, when, when he was instruct, instructing Joshua, here's what he told him. He says, I want you to observe to do. Notice, he didn't tell Joshua, I just want you to observe. He says, I want you to observe to do. Now listen to me, don't miss this. God's given you his word. And he's told Joshua, I want you to meditate there in day and night. But, but he says, don't just spend time in it. Learn from the word of God. And then I want you to go do what I've instructed you in my word. And as you go to do what I instructed you in my word, I'm going to go with you. Isn't that awesome this morning thinking about, look, God doesn't want us to just have our nose in the book. God wants us to put our feet to what we learn. And it's important that we get this because Joshua, if Joshua would have just said, oh boy, God, that is good. What does the Bible tell us? Not to just be a hearer of the word, but a doer. See, it's one thing to sit in church and to be instructed by the word of God. But here's the question, what are you going to do with it? You got to put it into practice. You know, we learn from the word of God but again, we've got to use this resource. Decide today that you're going to utilize the Word of God. You're going to allow it. Joshua was faithful. Why? Because he understood God was with him and that God, through his Word, would guide him, would help him to do the things that he should do. And I think there's some great lessons. Look, 
I hope in your life you understand from the Word of God how much God really has for your life. But it's one thing to know it. It's another to redeem it, to claim it. And let's not be Christians that ha- you know, have all these, these gift cards that we, we've got in our purses and wallets and at home. Let's say, hey, you know what? This is something God told me that he would do for me. I need to, I need to claim that. And let's get a hold of the, the things that God has. Listen, let's have the victory that God wants us to have. How many of you want to live a victorious Christian life, right? Listen, we can live a victorious life if we just claim the promises that God has for us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, for the the tremendous encouragement we received from Joshua. As Moses now passed away, Joshua stepping into that role. And along with that came some responsibility. But that was because of how he had proven himself to be faithful, uh, to be patient. Lord, he is a man that had vision. His vision was based on the word of God. Lord, may our lives be guided by the word of God. Thank you for these that have been here this morning. I pray they would see from Joshua's life that as we do the things that you instruct us to do, that you will be with us and that your word will guide us in the way that we should go. Help us to never depart from it. Bless our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.